a long time ago on a spinner rack far, far away. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 70, Ben's Bullpen Bulletin for cover date June 1978, featuring issue number three of both Machine Man and Devil Dinosaur. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of The Comic Book Time Machine Presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here as your guide through the pages of comic books that appeared on the shelves in, what was it, March of 1978 or with the cover date of June of 1978. So for this episode, for this segment here, this is finishing the coverage of June 1978. And as we finish the coverage of June 1978 cover date, we're going to be taking a look at a couple different comics, uh, actually three, uh, Devil Dinosaur, which is the spiritual uh, sequel to a lot of the prehistorical material that Jack Kirby was creating for his 2001 A Space Odyssey. At least that's the way I kind of look at it as he turns that into somewhat of a Saturday morning cartoon and then there's machine man which is not a spiritual sequel it's an actual sequel and then there is crazy magazine which in this month released uh their parody of close encounters of the third kind and then we'll also take a look at the ads so starting with did i already mention the ads i'm kind of losing my mind here i guess the first place to start would and probably the best place to start is uh, with the worst of the worst. And, and that is the uh, Crazy Magazine parody of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Now, the Crazy Magazine is basically the same thing as your Mad Magazine, where it's taking pot shots at pop culture. And sometimes it's funny, and sometimes it's not. And I did read the story uh, that, that takes uh, pot shots at Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It, they call it clearly encountered for the 30th time. And they're basically just kind of pointing out here's things we've seen before. And in every panel, there's a different, not every panel, but almost every panel, there's a different alien from a different movie or TV show. And um, basically comes down to, you know, they're acting like this is a big deal because these aliens are coming, but there's been aliens here before. And, it's not very good. I don't recommend, you know, oh, search this out. If you're a fan of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, you cannot afford to miss this. Uh, you can. You can totally afford to miss it. Uh, but taking a look at some of the other things that Marvel had for this month, March of 1978, we already talked about uh, the, the movie adaptation, Marvel Comics Super Special Number 3, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. 
But, you know, they, they were still doing the Hanna-Barbera stuff. There was the Flintstones and Laugh Olympics. And uh, they were, you know, what if for this month was what if the Avengers had fought evil during the 1950s? It looks like a good one. I love what ifs. Um, and then they had the magazines, Savage Sword of Conan and Rav- Ra- Ravaging Hulk, Rampaging Hulk. Ravaging Hulk would be a completely different thing. Ravishing Hulk would be another thing altogether. And then, of course, there's Devil Dinosaur and Machine Man. Now, Devil Dinosaur issue number three is pretty cool looking. It's got a cover of this big, huge giant uh, swinging a stegosaurus, or he calls it a bone back, by the tail while Devil Dinosaur and Moon Boy look on. The cover copy is... It just says devil and moon boy face the prehistoric might of giant. The cover illustration is definitely what carries the cover. The cover copy, not so much, but, uh, you know, I do like this though. In an age of monsters, he was the mightiest of all devil dinosaur. And then there's the, uh, the copy inside right above the title on the, on the opening splash page. It says in the misty reaches of the prehistoric past in the days before the fall of the great lizards, there lived a creature, the likes of which the world had never seen in his time. He strode through the Valley of flame, like a giant red scaled demon, his only companion, a young dawn man called moon boy devil dinosaur edited, written and drawn by Jack Kirby embellished by Mike Rover colored by P Goldberg and I don't even know what this is supposed to mean. Well, I know what it's supposed to mean. Apparently, he has an editor here. It's Archie Goodwin. They call him the plenipotentiary. Plenipotentiary? Plenipotentiary. I do not know. I do not want to know. Uh, The story is just simply called Giant, and it is pretty much what you would expect from the cover. Moon Boy and Devil Dinosaur... Uh, encounter a giant and the giant I, I neglected to mention this from the cover illustration the giant is wearing the head <laughs> the skull <laughs> as a helmet uh, he's wearing the skull of a uh, thunder horn head that's what they call a triceratops a thunder horn head and this story brings what you would expect it to bring in the nighttime scenes. There is mist and there's fire and there's bombast and there's crashing of trees and shattering of bones and special effects like, like crack and roar and crash and thwomp and scrock and bam crash, bam crash. Uh, that's a pretty good one right there. Bam crash and rip. And Rocka. Now, what is Rocka? Well, that's actually a battle cry from this giant warrior. And this giant warrior, he has come to claim something in the forest. And he is not letting anything get in his way. And as he's just destroying everything in his way, as he's killing dinosaurs, as he goes along, uh, Moon Boy is kind of following him. But then Moon Boy gets grabbed by a giant hand and you think it's from this giant it turns out it's not it's actually from what looks to be the giant's son and so you have these two warriors two giant massive beast warriors 
the giant with the Triceratops head on his head as a helmet and Devil Dinosaur who are in conflict and it's just brute force battle. And then you have a smaller giant uh, who has Moon Boy in his clutches and the smaller giant, it turns out, is the son of the larger giant. Devil Dinosaur almost defeats him, but Moon Boy convinces Devil Dinosaur to help him from the pit of is it a water pit? Uh, I guess a water pit that would be a, a pond, right? Uh, he pulls him out because Moon Boy says, "No, he was just here to find his cub." And so the giants come out, and the boy, the cub giant, he he will be back. He is angry because Devil Dinosaur almost killed his his dad, but the dad says, "No, don't worry. We have a truce now. You have fought with honor and power." And the Dinosaur Dispatch, which is Jack Kirby, uh, again, writing this essay about why he's doing what he's doing and, and what he's doing. And he basically talks through, you know, these are the prehistoric X age. This is a different kind of X age. And maybe someday we'll tell stories of the superheroes from the Greek and the Roman times, uh, the Trojan Wars and, and that kind of thing. But for now, we're doing prehistoric with uh, with Devil Dinosaur and Moon Boy. And again, this is just uh, three issue three. Same kind of thing where it's 17 pages of story. That one page of copy. Again, I'm reading my time machine here taking me back to read. This is a hardcover omnibus. Much, much slimmer. I bought it at cover price because it's so slim. Uh, it was a much cheaper cover price but uh this it's a fun story it, there's not much meat to it other than uh you have the two smaller companions in a battle of wits and the two larger warriors in a battle of brute force and it's jack kirby and i have really gained an appreciation for jack kirby by reading these i don't know if i want to try and read some of the extended stuff that he was doing uh, with the new gods and all that kind of thing. I don't know if I want to take the chance of some of those longer runs sullying my opinion of him. The The graphic novel uh, Hunger Dogs, uh, that was good. But to me, uh, it's not the same kind of thing as we have here, where he's just trying to tell these stories that I just almost have a feeling... Like, he's just trying to just get this stuff out on the page, and he doesn't really have rhyme or reason in mind. He's just, I want to do a story about a guy who's wearing a Triceratops head for a helmet. And, and so he does. So, speaking of that kind of, I have a story I want to tell, and I'm going to tell it. Let's move on to Jack Kirby's Machine Man. This is something a little harder to describe. Devil Dinosaur is pretty uh it's it's surface level stuff you know there might be some subtext in there there might be some subtleties in there but for the most part it's pretty easy to say there's the conflict it's prehistory whatever it's it's the conflict is pretty simple devil dinosaur and moon boy want to survive and you know there's going to be some sci-fi stuff coming up that i remember but machine man the living robot this is the story of X-51, a thinking computer in the form of a man. As Aaron Stack, he tries to find a place in a world that's not quite ready for his kind. But will he find it as friend, foe, or the greatest hero of them all? 
Machine Man, the living robot. Uh, he's not the greatest hero of them all. I, I can say that right now. Um, and this issue, from across the universe comes the malevolent menace of 10-4, the mean machine. And 4 is not spelled with a U. It's 10-4, F-O-R, the mean machine. And it just... There's wonkiness here. There's definite wonkiness. There's definite energy. There's fire on the page. I mean, the, the opening two-page splash. So you have a, a splash page, a machine man who's putting his fingers on a man's head, and he's projecting what the man is thinking about on, on the wall or, or kind of like a hologram kind of thing um, because the man's crazy because he's been talking about uh, this alien who's dying uh, in a spaceship that's falling into a sun and it turns out it's actually it's it's a, uh, an SOS. Uh, he is asking for help. He needs help to survive as his ship is falling into a sun and the, the double page splash showing the ship fall into the sun. It's, it's wonderful. It's great. But as we go along, uh, it gets weird, uh, which should not be of any, any surprise. They decide the man is not crazy. They decide they're going to try and help bring the alien from across the universe. And they create a machine. Machine Man creates a machine that's going to bring him from that side of the universe, from that sun, and into our world. They accidentally send uh, the office, uh, some of the office supplies into that, the space out there. But Machine Man is able to use the machine and is able to bring the alien back. Now, this alien thing is, uh, what, 10-4, I guess, but he is not grateful. Instead, he attacks, as aliens are wont to do, and as he attacks, of course, Machine Man is going to have to, to do battle or whatever, and he doesn't want to, but... Uh, and then the thing escapes, and... Machine Man realizes the, the entire world is in danger. Uh, the next issue is <laughs> coming. See it and gasp. Battle on a very busy street. Yes, they are going to do battle on a very busy street. Now, the one interesting thing that I do want to point out about both these issues, the one that I read with Devil Dinosaur and this one, most of the story is the art is done on a six panel grid. So it's two two and two on the page. Basically they're squares, uh, these square panels, same height, same, same width. Every once in a while, you know, there will be a panel or a page where it's two panels, then one, and then two, not a lot of variance except for to create bigger panels from those panel sizes until we get to the end where you get some four panel pages. It's just very interesting to me that Jack Kirby, you know, I, I almost feel like it's it's just so he can just get it done. He is doing this so he can get it done in time to meet the deadlines. He's not really going crazy with any kind of page layouts. It's just very simple to lay out a page like this and to choose if he's going to do one panel or two panels in a tier or put them together or make them into something a little bit bigger. And and of course, the army is after Machine Man. Now, the interesting thing with this story is in his page of copy, in his essay, he says, I can tell you that when I draw him, I visualize Machine Man not as 
number X51, but as Aaron Stack, a nice young man of 26 with good scholastic credentials and a person of positive and constructive qualities. The thoughts of cold, hard steel and finger weapon systems and electronic units are far from my mind until the action starts. He's not a robot, as far as I'm concerned. Somewhere in his wild, wired brain is a godlike element similar or exactly the same as the one which establishes me as a human being. And that's a good place as a writer to, to go, you know, is to be able to look at your character as a, as a character. And for him to look at this character as not just an unfeeling robot, but as a, a human who has desires and wants. And that's one of the first places you start when you're writing is what does this character want? And when they enter into a scene, there's the what do they want in general for their life? But then there's what do they want to get from whatever interaction they're about to have? And that's where you also get into, you know, having secrets, keeping information from each other. Uh, the thing is... You know, he he's a he's very much a humanist. This robot is. Uh, but we're not getting a lot of the uh, everyday life stuff that I was expecting from his essays. I was expecting to get a robot next door kind of story. And instead, we're getting these just he, there's no time for that to do the crazy cosmic storytelling that Jack Kirby wants to do. And I. I I don't know if we're going to get it. I hope we do. I want to see some of the stuff that Jack Kirby has been promising of this. He's just the guy next door. He just happens to have, you know, an atomic heart or whatever he has inside. But like I've said, the energy is here. The art, you know, even pages or panels rather where they're just standing and not doing anything. It's good. It's, it's, there's an energy to it. There's one panel where, um, the army is filing in. They're about ready to enter the town where Machine Man has taken up residence. And the panel that ends that sequence is the general's hand just up in the air waiting to make the order for the command to fire. And then beyond it in the background is the town. And it's just a simple, simple panel. But it's one of those things that um, you know, so you have what they call Kirby tech all over the place. But then you also have this very simple thing of a simple town and a simple hand conveying the power of the and the authority of, of this general. And I just have to give Jack Kirby my kudos. This is a talented, talented man. Obviously, everyone already knows this. Everyone except for me. I did not until I started this podcast here. I mean, I knew him as a luminary, but here I'm. I don't know if I'm learning from him as a master. I'm not an artist. and uh, But I am learning some storytelling techniques here, I guess. And it's it's been fun to do. Now, taking a look at the magazine uh, from this month, there's basically the same stuff. You know, you have Johnny Bench selling bats. And you have the secret agent spy scope where that kid is using his pen-sized telescope to spy on a dude who is about to be romantic with a girl on a beach where they are both wearing swimsuits and it's just what are they trying to say you should be doing here um, i don't know uh there's all of the flea market pages which you know that has all the things the cool things i wish i had had there's another boring ad for pizzazz i mean they're trying to 
take this magazine that's supposed to be this exciting, not boring magazine, but it's just an ad with lots and lots of words and a horrible illustration. I think it's supposed to be illustrated by a child because the magazine is for children, but it is, it's this weird kid with curly hair holding very small rectangles in his hand. I believe they're meant to be Pizzazz magazine. I'm not sure. Behind him is this blonde girl with braids who has her arm around his shoulders or her shoulders. Maybe I don't know. And what makes it just terrible is the next page over is <laughs> it's uh, wonder bread, white bread. Uh, it's a page. It's got a boy and a girl there and they are, wonderfully drawn in very cartoony style as they're eating a piece of bread with peanut butter and jelly on it. And then it is uh, advertising free trading cards that are in each bag of bread of close encounters of the third kind. Um, I can't imagine kids getting excited about close encounters of the third kind like that, but I guess maybe, maybe there's another page for uh, I think I might have talked about this, but there's a page full page ad for Star Wars action figures and it shows Han Solo, Chewbacca and the art is pretty decent. It looks like it's artwork from someone who's taken a look at the poster and then looked at some of the action figures, but then whoever colored it didn't really know what they were coloring. R2-D2 has this reddish uh, color to him and Han Solo's wearing green but you know what? I would see this ad and I would want all those figures. I would want all of them. Uh, there's not much more than that. I mean, there's still the satisfy your meat tooth with the uh, werewolf who's eating a, a Slim Jim. And there's the adventures of Grit Boy who makes it look really, really cool to sell things, uh, to win prizes by selling the Grit magazine. There's the official Star Wars fan club. But yeah. That's basically June 1978 from Marvel as far as their licensed comic books go in a nutshell. And I believe that's it for me then, too. Uh, thank you for listening. And next will be July cover date, 1978. We'll be taking a look at Star Wars. We'll be taking a look at John Carter, Warlord of Mars. We'll be taking a look at Man from Atlantis, all those things. I'm enjoying doing this. I hope you are enjoying listening to it. If you are enjoying it, please drop me a line. Let me know. Information is in the credits of the show. Uh, but until next time, I really just have to say thank you for listening. Keep reading comics. Support your local comic shop. And above all else, wherever you go, whether you are a dinosaur riding cave boy or the robot next door, thank you for listening and Godspeed. Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. You can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man, What Ifs and Elseworlds, The Six Million Dollar Man and Batman, comics seven days old and seven decades old, on our main feed, which you can find on iTunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com. We'd also love it if you join us on Facebook at facebook.com or on Twitter, where we are at Comic Time. Next episode, Star Wars, issue number 13. Friend against friend on a star-lost world. 
Deadly Reunion.